Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News, where today, boy, have we been blessed this week. We're getting lots of members of Congress to really sit down and have policy discussions. What's really going on in Congress? What is the people's business? What people's business is not getting done? What are the warning signs? What are the opportunities? And today we've got another special guest I'm so excited about. He's been on this show a few times before. lights it up. We're always blessed to have him. Congressman Greg Stubbe from the great state of Florida is joining us, a very active and prolific member of Congress who's always working on important things, really seems to be connected to the issues that matter to his constituency in Florida. And uh, of course, also a great American hero who served in our U.S. Army as a JAG officer back during the Iraq war. We're so grateful for his service, but we're going to talk some more policy shops. I think you guys have been, we had Chip Roy on yesterday. We've had uh, we had uh, senators on this week. We've been very lucky to have a great group of people, and I really feel like we're getting great intel about what's going to happen in the people's house, in the people's business. What laws are coming up? What laws are may uh, get passed? What laws that need to be blocked? Uh, where the election reform debate is going in Congress? And Congressman Stubbe is going to bring us right up to speed. So I don't want to waste any time. I want to get right to that interview. So let's do a quick commercial break. Hear from our amazing sponsors, our amazing advertisers who make the show possible. And when we come back, our exclusive interview with Congressman Greg Stubbe from the great state of Florida. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day. And I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly. And it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook uh, uh, vegetable dinners and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? 
It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick House Nutrition, and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest. Somebody's been on the show before. We're so grateful. Uh, and also we're grateful because he served his country. We're uh, not long before he was a member of Congress. He was a member of our Fighting Armed Services. We honor him on this weekend, particularly uh, Congressman Greg Stubbe from the great state of Florida. Congressman, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Listen, it's an honor. It's an honor. So uh, we've been talking a lot about the Democrats sort of digging their own hole right now. You've got the anti-Israel, anti-Semitic rhetoric. You've got the, the economy beginning to fall apart, the open borders. And then I think you've got the school agenda, which I want to talk about because Florida is taking some dramatic actions. And then there's the anti-police, anti-law enforcement rhetoric and, and showmanship that continues to go on. Tell us where you are. And do you think Republicans are beginning to make some inroads countering what's going on with, with uh, the anti-police movement? Yeah, I definitely think so. And, it, uh, you know, the, the majority of Americans do not support defunding, dismantling uh, their police departments. And it, regardless of political affiliation, uh, talk to a suburban Democratic mother, an independent mother who has children in school, and um, they'll tell you that, that that's something that they don't support. And it just goes to show you how far left the Democratic Party has gone that they're trying to appease this very far left fringe of their party. And they're doing things in big cities all across the nation to, to push this policy proposals on the American people. And I think it's going to be great for Republicans in 2022. I, I think the Democrats already know they've lost the House, so they're just trying to get as much crazy progressive policies passed uh, in the next two years as they can because they realize that, that these type of policies don't speak for the American people as a whole. I mean, th these are the type of things you hear about in Venezuela or Cuba exactly. or communist countries, not in America, where we stand with our law enforcement and our military and those people that protect us on a daily basis. Uh, it, it really is remarkable. And these are it, what uh, what's really struck me. And I've been looking at the polling on most of the issues that the Democrats have picked a fight with, with the American public and with the Republicans, there's 70 percent issues on, on in favor of where Republican stands, whether it's voter ID you know, getting radical um, uh, secular religion uh, 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 agendas out of the school system. Uh, you have the polling data is so more significantly in the favor of Republicans that it, it makes you scratch your head why they're, why they're doing this. As you look out, um, Florida has been an extraordinary test bed at the state level for implementing the best ideas that Republicans have. They're taking on big tech. They're abandoning critical race theory teaching. Uh, they've uh, already had a great election integrity system in place since 2000. Um, do you think that the Republicans working to take control of the House and the Senate have in the state of Florida a lot of the great you know, elements of a contract with America or a policy agenda that we, you can show is working? It's working in Florida. We're going to do it for the country. 
Yeah, and I think the whole world and the nation is seeing that. And I see it every day when I'm back in the district and I'm not in Washington. Right. The people that are flooding to the state of Florida because of the policies that a Republican legislature and a Republican governor have put in place. I know people that have moved here from states like Virginia or Michigan where their kids haven't been able to go to school for over a year just so their children can go to school so they can operate a business so that they don't have to wear a mask everywhere they go. Um, People are flocking here and you can see it with the economic numbers that we have in Florida. And if you look at the COVID numbers, you know, early on, everybody was the mainstream media was criticizing Santa's and saying, oh, you're going to kill people. Look at the COVID numbers. New York state has, 20,000 more deaths. The state of California has 30,000 more deaths. And we have more people in the state of California. We're more diverse than the state of California. And we're more elderly than the state of California. Yet our numbers are down. So all these lockdowns, face mask mandates, and all this clearly don't work. There's no science behind it. And people are starting to see this is really affecting their daily lives. And they want to move to a place that allows them freedom. I, I, I say it all the time. We have freedom here in Florida. And people are flocking here because of it. So it just shows the leadership that we've had in Florida and the difference that that's made in in such a stark contrast to democratically run states. Yeah, I think that freedom word is the word I hear more and more when I'm out just in everyday people out at the store or out and visiting neighbors and friends. Liberty, freedom has become such, and you, you know, we've taken it for granted for so long, but people see what happens when it's an infringed in, in a long period, like 15 or 20 months, like we've experienced um, uh, one of the, I think, big choices that, that, uh, comes out of this election and, and you've been a champion of small government and freedom for a long time. Um, Joe Biden has doubled down on government is the solution for all things. And I think most Republicans now are right where Ronald Reagan was in 1980. Government isn't the solution. It's the problem. Do you think there is uh, an opportunity for Republicans to define how they would reshape, shrink an intrusive government if they got back in, in power? Yeah, so last cycle going into to the elections, uh, our leadership put together what they called the Commitment to America. And in that, there's a number of different highlights where there's 10 big points, but underneath that, over 100 different policy proposals and bills that we as Republicans stand behind and say, look, we take the House back. These are the type of things that we're going to do. We're not going to raise your taxes. We're going to lower your taxes. And what better place in the state of Florida to, to show that example, I was in the state legislature here in Florida eight years before I got elected to Congress. We cut $10 billion in taxes, put $3 billion in reserves, and all you have to do is look at our unemployment numbers, look at our job creation numbers. It works. Compared to other states across the country, and it's half. Our unemployment's half of what the average is. It's three times less than, than New York or California. So we want to take those type of things to the national level. It's called a commitment for America. You can Google it. It's on uh, leader McCarthy's page. Right. And those are the policy proposals that we stand behind. One of the things that I've worked on is giving veterans true choice in their healthcare decisions. It's a bill I've had for the last couple of cycles that got included in the commitment to America. So there's everything from the way we would approach the education system to the way we would approach service to our veterans and giving them world-class healthcare and actually the true freedom of choice to go wherever they want to get their health care. It doesn't have to be at a VA facility. If you want to go to the VA, knock yourself out, go to the VA. But if you live in a, in a district like mine where the VA hospital is four-hour drive from you and you have to go through all these 30-day waits and 60-day waits and you got to get an appointment and all these different things, why wouldn't we allow these veterans the ability to go in their community to get the health care they deserve 
and they're going to get TRICARE for life and the government's going to pay for it. We would see billions of dollars in savings we to would. Treasury because yep. of that, and veterans would get the help they need. And I, and I would submit that you would also see a huge reduction in suicides that we're, we're seeing in our veterans because instead of calling the VA and either getting hung up or on or, yeah, we'll see you in 30 days, it would actually be able to go to a community health care provider right there in their community right when they need the help and get the care that they deserve and they need at the time. And I think you would also see a reduction in those suicides. It, um, it's such a, a novel idea and it's so popular when you talk to veterans who had, had to wait in those lines or wait on those long phone holds or, or have a 30 day wait before they can even be seen for something that might be more medically pressing. They love the idea of choice. And really if it works in the, in the, um, veterans community, it seems as though it becomes a model for the rest of the country. Uh, you know, Joe Biden and others are moving for that, you know, that one payer, one one provider sort of model, the government provider model. Uh, I think most people like the idea of choice. It kind of goes hand in hand, choice and freedom. Do you think in, in the, the messaging of the Republicans that choice, freedom uh, really stands out as something that resonates with people who are getting increasingly scared with what they see? I think it does today, especially on the back end of COVID. Right. With what you've seen in these other states, locking down. I mean, we're, we're, we're living in a country right now. And if you two years ago would have said this was going to be happening in America, I would have said you were crazy. Right. We are still living in an America right now where there are some states that are forbidding churches from having full congregations of their um, members of their church meeting for religious services. Unreal. I mean, we are seeing our First Amendment attacked by Democrats all across this country. And never would I have thought that we have gotten to that point. And those are the type of issues that I think go across party lines, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or an independent. You probably don't think that your uh, religious institution or your church or whatever it is should be told by the government that you can only have so many people there, that you can't meet on certain days, that you can't meet inside because of um, policies that don't actually have any scientific basis to them. And that's happening all across our country today. Yeah, it's extraordinary. And meanwhile, you could go to the Walmart during that whole time, and, and there could be right. 60, 70 well, people in the store, right? A piece of very yeah. expensive plywood, thanks to Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right about that inflation. Uh, now let's turn to the economy for a second, because it, it's interesting. When, when President Trump handed over the keys to the White House on the 20th, the border was at an all-time low in illegal immigration, or certainly a historical low for quite a few decades. Um, the economy was roaring. Inflation was in check. Uh, uh, there is peace in the Middle East now. We have, you know, attention in the Middle East. We've got uh, uh, inflationary pressures of extraordinary proportions, and it's hitting people at the gas station or the lumber yard. Uh, and um, you've got, uh, you know, all these other borders wide open and the security risks. Um, do, I mean, obviously Joe Biden owns this and it's, it's going to own it for a while, but do people want, is it easy just to make the argument? Don't you want to be where we were just seven months ago? Or do you, the, does the contrast become very easy for people to see what sort of world they were living in a few months ago and where they are today? And you just highlighted some of the high points, the tip of the iceberg of the differences between two administrations and the difference that we are seeing in America. Yep. I mean, the, the peace we had in the Middle East, not just the peace, but also the fact that the Trump administration negotiated peace deals that haven't happened for generations. Yeah, no, it's unreal. I mean, not, not only did you have peace, but you were also negotiating peace deals with Israel. And then less than six months later, Hamas is, is, is launching rockets into Israel. And there's no coincidence. So the Biden administration changed a Trump policy in April 
that prohibited money to go to the Palestinian Authority. It's very well known that the Palestinians give money to Hamas. And there is no coincidence that, that a Biden policy reversed a Trump policy that no money went to the Palestinians. In April of this year, $250 million of our taxpayer dollars went to the Palestinian Authority, and months later, Hamas is launching rockets yeah. into Israel. And then I, I hear just recently Blinken saying that, oh, we're going we're gonna to give them $100 million more dollars to the Palestinian Authority. It, it's just so stark of a contrast. And I just hope that the American people are really seeing that this is a result of a lack of leadership in the Biden administration, whether it's on the border, whether it's in the Middle East, whether it's the Iranians, whether it's the national security, whether it's not investigating COVID and the origins of COVID, but we're going to investigate the riots on January 6th. Just the, a stark difference between the leadership of the Trump administration and Republicans and the leadership, the lack of leadership that the Biden administration has had. Now you, you were in the Middle East. You served in Iraq uh, uh, back in uh, the 06, 07, 08 time frame, I guess 04 to 08, if I remember correctly. The... Um, the you understand the Middle East when when the Biden administration did the double signal, which is we're going to start reengaging with Iran, by the way, who supports Hamas, and we're going to give the Palestinian Authority money, even though there was a law passed by Congress in 2018 that said no more money to the Palestinian Authority unless they can certify that they weren't supporting terrorists in any way. Um, that instantly sends a signal on the ground, right? Those are the sort of tea leaves that activate someone like Hamas to say, hey, we can cause trouble again. When you look at that, were those an implicit or explicit message for uh, the, those parties to get back engaged in the terrorism that they were? Uh, absolutely, 100 percent. And it emboldens our enemies like Hamas and Iran and these terrorist organizations that are funded through proxies to do the things that they're doing because they know they, they didn't do it when Trump was president because they knew that Trump would take very strong action against it, which is why you didn't see this type of activity happening during the Trump administration. Yeah, great so point. Once, once the Biden administration says, well, we're going to reverse this policy, give money to the Palestinians, there's talk about reentering the JCPOA with Iran, which would put Iran on a path to a nuclear warhead. Why, why, why would we as a country want Iran to have the ability to have nuclear warheads when they've said that death to America, death to Israel, it, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, you, you think about these things and you wonder, why would any American want the Iranians, Hamas, uh, these terror proxies that work from the Iranians? Why would we want to support these individuals and not support Israel, our strongest ally in the Middle East? It just doesn't make any sense. And I've asked, I've asked questions of former ambassadors that we've had, like, why do the Democrats think this is a good idea and i don't get a solid answer yeah. and when you have blanket come to our committees you ask him you don't get a solid answer as to why this behavior no that's exactly right and i think that's why uh, you know you saw in a weird moment a week or so ago and i think it's a direct result of the questions that republicans are asking joe biden had to literally go out and say my party still supports israel now it should never have been in doubt right but all the language all the actions all the things his own department uh, departments and, and foreign diplomats have done was sending a message that common Americans and certainly Israelis on the ground were saying, are you with us still? It, it was such a dramatic moment to have to have a president come out and reaffirm support that should never be in, in doubt. Um, I, I, it really, really struck me. 
when you look out at the wave of anti-Semitism that's going out, whether it's on college campuses, on the streets of New York and other places, um, how did we get to this point that so much overt anti-Semitism is seeping into the daily culture, into the daily experience, into daily violence? I think it's, you know, what they're teaching our children in college these days, these progressive ideologies um, where we're not going to support Israel, we're not going to support Christians. I mean, look across the world and see what, what is happening to Christians in China and other places across the world. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a really scary point that we're in in our country. And for the first time in the history of our country, we have sitting members of Congress calling for the yeah. defunding of Israel and the funding of the Palestinian Authority, which we know that money goes to terrorist organizations. Yeah. So like just a complete 180 from where we as a country have been, at least for, for my lifetime, as it relates to foreign policy and supporting organizations that support freedom, support liberty, support the type of values that we in a democratic republic support instead of terrorist organizations. I mean, the, the thought that we're going to reenter the JCPOA that would give the Iranians the ability at some point to have a nuclear weapon is beyond the pale. Yeah, no, it is. And, and it, it's, it, you know, it just it completely against our own self-interest. I mean, it's just remarkable. The advocacy for things that are clearly a negative for, for America. When um, we, we've had some pretty interesting moments the last few weeks. And I think that as you look out at the, um, the unraveling of what we were told last year about COVID-19 from Anthony Fauci and others, and what we're now seeing today, President Biden yesterday, Finally, ordering an intelligence review to to more seriously take into effect what uh, into account the possibility that this emanated from a lab accident in China, like President Trump said, like many Republicans, including Devin Nunes, were saying a year ago. There was a whole period of time where those views were censored. I mean, we had just the news had stories that had to be forcibly taken down from um, uh, Facebook that are now we know 100% accurate. Well, we were reporting accurate. How concerned are you that policy debates like the origins of COVID are getting literally uh, monolithically changed by, by censorship. You can only have one point of view, no dissent allowed. Do you think people learned, there's the COVID example, for instance, or the Russia example before, uh, are people waking up and saying, hey, we, we don't want this anymore. We don't want Facebook in the business of censorship. Do you think that there's a, a point where the country starts to rebel against these monster censors that are out there today? Well, I sure hope so, because the the conjecture and the censoring and the molding of public opinion from big tech, from the mainstream media, just like you said, if it doesn't agree with a progressive leftist ideology, they either stamp it out or they shut it down. And, and just like the, the fact that this came from a lab in Wuhan, that used to be a conspiracy theory. The Washington Post that that's a conspiracy theory, these are conspiracy theories, and now we come to find out it's actually a pretty factual basis that that likely is what occurred here. There's no and, doubt. And as we sit here, millions of people across the world have died for COVID, yet we as a country haven't initiated an investigation as to where internationally an investigation hasn't been initiated as to where it come, has come from. And the Democrats are more concerned about politicizing the January 6th attack on the Capitol and doing an investigation about that, then they care about the, the, um, where COVID came from and investigating how, why are we sending tax dollars from the American government to NIH in the Wuhan lab where likely this virus came from? 
why don't we start looking into that? That that's not what they want to do. They want to focus, keep the focus on Trump, keep the focus on what they want to keep the focus on and away from China. And again, back to what I was saying before, why would we not want to go after the the national security threats of our country? John Ratcliffe, who was the DNI person uh, right at the end of Trump's administration, said the Chinese Communist Party is the number one national security threat to the United States. And then you get a new administration, and then we're just going to let China do whatever they want. And, and we know why there's leverage there with the Biden family. But why would you as a Democrat be okay with the number one national security threat of the United States, where this virus that killed millions of people across the world came from, why would you not want to put pressure on them? Why would you not want to investigate the origins of this to protect the American people? Yeah, no, it, it's so common sense. And when you talk to people, they, they're scratching their head like, why do we keep having this deja vu experience? Don't believe that. Don't believe it. Oh, it turned out that was true. Don't believe that. Don't believe it. Oh, it turned out to be true. Um, I think they're getting tired of the boy to the cry wolf sort of scenario of censorship that's going on with, with the elitist institutions in America. And I, I wonder if this COVID moment isn't the breakthrough point where people realize that um, censorship was never in our DNA and it should never be in our DNA going forward because it only corrupts the opportunity to have an honest debate. It's, it's um, truly remarkable. Now you guys are on recess. When you come back, what are the most important things that uh, Americans and, and voters should be looking at the Congress to do or not to do uh, when you get back in the saddle in a couple of weeks? Well, thankfully, because if they would have had the votes, I think Speaker Pelosi would have brought the bill up. Thankfully, it doesn't seem that they had the votes for a $2.3 trillion infrastructure bill, of right. which only 6% actually goes to infrastructure, in infrastructure raising our taxes to the highest level in the world of any developed nation, including higher than the Chinese Communist Party. Wow. You know that if Pelosi would have had the votes for those bills, we would have voted on them weeks ago when the mainstream press was trying to pass these. So finally, you're starting to see some of these Democrats who are in moderate districts who are going to be up for re-election in a year starting to look at, hey, you know, uh, you know I can vote for a COVID bill for $1.9 trillion that bails out uh, you know, cities and counties and all these other things that Republicans completely don't support. But tax increases, $2.3 trillion to go to the Green New Deal, all of these things are starting to see her her ability to push her members wane. She could only lose three or four votes on the floor, depending on how many people are voting. Yeah, she had a near-death um, experience this past week. <laughs> they almost lost well, that, and, that and vote. Shame on us for not having our members, yeah. uh, ensuring that our members are voting. And if they're not yeah. here, Missed the opportunity. Uh, they're not, if they're in Washington making the vote, because if the two Republicans who didn't vote would have voted the way all the rest of the Republicans did, you that, that bill would have died. Yeah, yeah, no, you're exactly right. We were... One of the first to report that Nick Ballacy uh, jumped on that and got that acknowledgement by the mistaken voting, and uh, it was costly one. But you can see the margins for her are definitely declining. And whatever honeymoon period Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi had at the beginning of their January run, uh, it seems like the honeymoon's over, that the squad has decided to go cut out its own way. And uh, it seems like the party's going to be much more fractious. And then meanwhile, post uh, Liz Cheney vote, it seems like the Republicans are more unified than I've seen in some time. Do, do you see a dynamic change going on there where dissensions in the Democrats and unity is coming to the Republicans? Yeah, we're definitely. And if you look, all you got to do is look at the votes on all yeah. these votes. The Republicans have really stuck together on all of these they have. packages. And you're starting to see. And this was the vote last week before we left that had both these Republicans voted would have died. The squad locked down. And I was on the floor and we voted on, I don't know, it was a, it was a, like a, a suspension bill, nothing really controversial. Right. And then 
we waited for an hour for them to call the next vote <laughs> because the squad said, hey, you know what? We're not voting for this. And because that's like five or six votes for them, it shut down the entire proceedings for the Democrats. And now they're running around trying to figure out how to salvage this bill because there's nothing more embarrassing than to bring a bill up to the floor and for it to die because of your yeah. own members. Yep. So you're going to start to see the progressives and the AOCs and the Talibs and the squads start leveraging their power because now they know they can go and say, hey, I got five or six votes and we're not going to vote for this until you put in this crazy Green New Deal, defund the police, whatever the progressive agenda is for that bill. And it's going to start to unwind their ability to get bills passed on the floor. Yeah, uh, I think that dynamic is really at work. And, you know, it seemed like in mid-April, you could just feel like the moment was coming that the uh, the two sides were no longer going to be able to hold their fire against each other. And and I think that dynamic plays out a lot, lot more over the next um, uh, next few weeks. So infrastructure is going to be a big one. Are you concerned that S1 will get through the Senate or do you think the votes hold there and the um, Corrupt Politicians Act, as some people like to call it, uh, uh, doesn't get through to, to being signed? Well, I would certainly ask your listeners to pray that the filibuster doesn't get removed because yep. if the filibuster gets removed, and I saw kind of talk about a procedural vote this week in the Senate as it relates to this January 6th commission, and if they do away with the filibuster for that because all the Democrats really want this, um, then there's going to be pressure on the Democrats to do away with the filibuster on all these huge initiatives that the far left want. Uh, if that bill passes, it would completely change our country fundamentally. Now, the, the good thing with that is it is completely unconstitutional. Article 1, Section 4 is clear. The state legislatures are to determine the time, manner, and places of elections. And that bill would federalize all those decisions and basically tell states like Florida and 27 other states who have voter ID laws that, oh, you can't, you can't, you can't enforce voter ID laws anymore in your state. Yep. So I believe it clearly violates the U.S. Constitution. We would win in the U.S. Supreme Court, but it takes time for that to happen. It takes time for state. I mean, we're still waiting for immigration state. You know, there's several states like Florida that have right. sued Biden's executive orders on immigration. Those, those cases still haven't made it to the U.S. Supreme Court, and it's been five or six months. So the, the challenge is it's going to take time. I believe that bill is 100 percent unconstitutional. Um, but again, now you're relying upon a court that, frankly, hasn't always been where you want them to be on certain conservative issues to make that determination. So I, I sure hope that Cinema and Mansion are true to their word and aren't going to do away with the filibuster, because if they do, all of this stuff becomes law. D.C. statehood, defunding the police, uh, federalizing election system in clear violation of the Constitution. And it's all political so to, to keep the Democrats in control of the Senate and the House for, for generations. Remarkable. It really is remarkable. It is important for people in, in the real world to stop and pay attention. I know everyone's lives are busy, but this, these are momentous issues that uh, change the nature of America, as you said. I think that was uh, what we, uh, important that we educate people on, on the stakes on this. Really great. Congressman, I can't thank you enough. I also want to thank you for your service to your country, obviously as a member of Congress, but as a member of the U.S. Army, as a JAG officer, uh, you, you really served us with great distinction. Your dad served us as a, a wonderful sheriff in Florida. And as we remember all those who sacrificed this weekend, we are really, truly grateful for, for all you've done for your country. Thank you. I appreciate that. And thanks for having me. I, I enjoy uh, being on your show. Yeah, we love the conversation. We always learn something when you come on. So we're very, very grateful, sir. Have a great weekend. You too. Thank you, sir. All right, folks, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. 
Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews. And extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. All right, folks. Uh, welcome back from the commercial break. and. Um, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Congressman Stubbe. A lot to learn, a lot to dig into. Uh, there are momentous issues pending in the Congress, controlled by Democrats. Um, American experience changing issues. And you know, Democrats said what they're going to do, and to their credit, they're trying to do it. And Republicans are uh, oppose uh, many of these actions, and they're trying to do it. Um, the, meanwhile, the consequences of the election become more and more apparent in your wallet when you go to the store, buy some two by fours, or you go to the gas station to fill up the tank. It's a lot more expensive, and uh, there's no sign that that's gonna stop anytime soon. So uh, really grateful for the conversations. It gives you some visibility into what's happening, what's not happening, how we can go about talking to our lawmakers if we're concerned. And I think Congressman Greg Stubbe really, really helped us out today to understand uh, what is pending, where, things go, and if things are passed, what the consequences are, if they're blocked, what the consequences are. Great conversation, very grateful. All right, we're T-minus one day from one of my favorite holiday weekends in America, Memorial Day. You know my passion for the holiday and the extraordinary personal uh, gratefulness I feel to all who have served in the melody, to all who have died or been wounded in the service of their country. And this weekend, I'm going to do something fun. We are, we got a plan. It might rain a little bit the weekend in Washington, D.C. It doesn't matter. I got a little overhang over my grill. And here's the deal, man. I'm pulling out the salmon. I'm pulling out the halibut. And I am going to have a fish dinner extraordinaire with my wife and my son and some of our friends. By the way, several of them uh, veterans, heroic veterans who've done great things for our country. They're all coming over Sunday. We're going to have a cookout. And you know where our fish is coming from. It's coming from the great wild Alaskan company. These folks have the best fish, the best program. I love fish. I love steak. Those are my two favorite things in the world. I probably like it a little too much sometimes. I got to get on the treadmill and get a little bit better in shape. But listen, fish is healthy. Uh, it is refreshing, particularly during the summer. Uh, I used to love to go out and catch it myself, but I'm so busy now, I don't get a chance to go fishing like I used to. And so uh, what we do now is we we uh, we get our order in at the Wild Alaskan Company, and we get extraordinary, exquisite, sustainably caught fish. Uh, it's delectable. It's frozen. It arrives at your door. You're not waiting in a checkout line. You're not 
trying to find the last pack of salmon left, you get premium quality, great fish, salmon, halibut, you name it. And, you know, they do more than that. It's not just the fish delivery. They got recipes. They've got ideas, uh, cooking tips. Um, it's a whole experience. In fact, when my last box arrived, my family like, open it up, open it up. And they, they couldn't wait to see the recipe in there. My Judy and my son were, hey, let's try that recipe. Uh, we're out on the grill. We couldn't wait to open up the packs around the grill. It's so easy. And of course, we're also lucky and blessed that the Wild Alaskan Company supports this show, supports Just the News. So this weekend, if you're grateful for what we try to do at Just the News for you, what we do uh, on John Solomon reports, this conversations like we just had with Congressman Greg Stubbe, then do me a favor. Go online at Wild Alaskan Company. Go get your order. Get your first box. You're going to get $15 off because you're a Just the News John Solomon Reports fan. All you got to do is go to wildalaskancompany.com slash Just News. No the. So wildalaskancompany.com slash Just News. Get your first box. Use that link. You're going to get $15 off. I'm telling you, once you order one shipment, you're not going to stop. You're going to love it. This is a fantastic uh, product. Uh, the the box comes. It's got all sorts of different fish, all the types I like, different types of salmon, different uh, halibut. And, uh, and man, when you're done eating, you step back. And, and fish in the summer is so refreshing. Uh, there are recipes. And you sit back, you kick back in the porch. You go, oh, was that worth it? We're doing it this weekend. We got some of my... Great friends who served in the military. They're coming to my house. We're having a little bit of a fish cookout, and we're going to be toasting the Wild Alaskan Company, probably with a glass of wine, too, I bet you. All right, just a thought as you head into this Memorial Day weekend. It's not too late. Get your water in. Uh, any one of these next few weekends, all the way through 4th of July, great time to get on the program, get involved with the best seafood, Alaska seafood, wild-caught, sustainable from the Wild Alaskan Company. Great friends. Great partners, great food, I promise you. All right, folks, that wraps it up for another edition of John Solomon Reports. We'll be back tomorrow. The next couple days are going to be fun for me, Friday and Monday. We're going to have a conversation about our fighting men and women, those heroes who went before us, who gave their life, their limbs, um, uh, to protecting us so that we could wake up in the morning free and not be worried that that freedom was in jeopardy. Next couple shows, we're going to be celebrating the extraordinary patriots, the extraordinary heroes of our U.S. military, particularly those who have gone before us, who gave their lives so that this extraordinary country could be what it is today. Free, safe, secure, vibrant, even despite some bad policy ideas floating around Washington. We're still the greatest country in the world. And those men, those women who sacrificed that give us that assurance every day. The next two days, it's about them. All right, folks, God bless. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a good night. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So 
you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. 